Hey, what's up? Good morning. You guys look amazing. Thank you for the golf clap. I appreciate that. You guys look good today. Hey, I just want to welcome everybody that's in the building. Those of you that are tuning in online, welcome. Thank you so much for being connected and being a part of this church, even if it's at a distance. If you're a guest in the room, I want to just say welcome to you. Thank you so much. Uh, for coming and being a part of the church with us. I think it's a very brave thing to do to go visit a church. So thank you for being brave. Thank you for being with us. And then if you show up here all of the time, you're the best. I love you. Thank you so much for being a part of this church family. Amen. Hey, my name is uh, Josh. I have the privilege to serve as the lead pastor here at Church on the Rock. And I'm excited about getting right into today's message. So I want to catch you up uh, just in case maybe you are a first-time guest Maybe you haven't been here for a little while, whatever the reason may be. We're in a series right now that we're calling First Things First. We're still in January. We're still at the start of a year. And for a lot of us, we're trying to set the order of our year. And here's what we've been discussing. That the most important thing that we can do is put God first. We have a core value here, and here's how we say it. Jesus over everything. Everything, And we just want Jesus to be above every part of our life, above our finances, above our families, above our businesses, above our schedules. We just want God to be first. And so we've been in this series and we've been in this idea. This is what our, our focus of fasting and prayer in this season has been. It's, man, we just want to make sure that God is the highest priority in our lives. And so last week, I started, uh, I, I, I did something I've never done. I'm doing like a series within a series because... When I started to write a message that God put in my heart for our church, it, the content became so overwhelming that I was like, there's no way I can do this on one Sunday. Like, there's no way. And if I do, people are going to be angry because that's too long. That's too much, you know? And so I broke up uh, this message into two parts. So if you will, it's sort of a series within a series. And today we're in part two. Now, here's what I want to say to you. If you're like, oh, no, I missed part one. That's perfectly fine. This message could completely stand on its own, so you could take it just as one part and be okay. But also, I want you to know that if you missed it, you can go back and find part one of this message on our website, cotr.live, or you can find it on the Church on the Rock YouTube channel. And if you're like, I don't understand technology, I don't know how to do that, listen, it's 2023. You can do this, okay? You can do this. Just let me encourage you. I believe in you, amen? I want to get started, though. Let me open up some prayer, and then I'm going to dive right into today's content. Father, I love you, and I thank you for today. I thank you for this church. I thank you for what you're doing in our church, and I just pray that the move, Lord God, that you are doing in us would continue. We thank you, Father, for your strength, your power, your compassion, your love. We thank you for all that you are doing in this church family, and we ask, Lord God, that you would continue your move. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. So I'm going to start where we've started every week this year, Matthew chapter 6. Verse 33, the words of Jesus, and he says this. He says, but seek first. Everybody say first. first. Seek first my kingdom and righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. All these things. How many of you guys know that all these things are important? Your family, it's important. Your job, it matters. Man, your, your business, that is a big deal. The, the stuff that you got going on in your life, the, the, the worries, the concerns, the things you're trying to overcome, it matters. And here's what I love is that Jesus is saying, hey, I want to help you with all that stuff, but priority matters. And if you'll put me first, you'll find 
that it's better for you. Because all these things, these worries and these concerns, all these things, they'll, they'll come. It'll all get sorted out. But put me first. So for today, I'm going to start with a little bit of review. I'm, by the way, to my team, I've got like an echo that I can hear. I don't know if you guys can hear it, but I, if, if it's possible to tweak me a little bit, that would be so awesome. Um, I'm going to do some reviews. So if you were here last Sunday, you've heard what I'm about to go into, but some of you guys are like, I don't even remember what you preached about last Sunday. And I give you grace because sometimes I don't even remember what I preached about last Sunday. All right. So don't worry about that. We're going to just do a little bit of a quick review and then we're going to dive right into some brand new stuff today. So I'm going to start uh, with this that we called last week's message in the beginning. This one's called in the beginning part two. You ready? In the very first words of all scripture, Genesis chapter 1, verses 1, I don't think this is accidental. I think it's incredibly strategic by God. The Bible says this, in the beginning, God. I just think that's on purpose. I think that the Lord is trying to convey something to his people. Put me first. Make sure that I'm the highest priority. I need to be very first in your life. And so in Genesis chapter 4, just a couple of pages past this, we actually find the first time the word first is even used in Scripture. And it's a story about a couple of brothers. Now, one is like a gardener and a farmer, and the other one is a, a shepherd, or may, he, we'll call it that he, he's a rancher. He's got cattle, everybody, all right? And so one has one job, and one has the other. And the Bible tells us that one of these brothers, the farmer, brought an offering before the Lord, and God did not see it favorably. He wasn't pleased with it. The other brother, the rancher, we'll call him, he brings an offering before the Lord, and the Bible says that God looked favorably upon his offering. Now, I submit that maybe God was in a season of 21 days of fasting, and he just wanted beef. I don't know. Um, only the fasters are getting that joke right now. Um, but that's actually not the case. I'm going to take you to the story, Genesis chapter 4, verse 2. The Bible says this, Now Abel kept flocks, so there's your farmer, and Cain, excuse me, kept flocks, there's your rancher, I think I said it backwards, and Cain worked the soil, there's your farmer. Did I get that right? And I want you to notice something in verse 3, that the Bible says that in the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions, this would have been an animal sacrifice, from some of the firstborn of his flock. They're going to fix it, you guys. And the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So honestly, it isn't that God likes steak more than vegetables, which is almost always true, but that's not the reason. How many meat-eating people, I was about to say men, but just people, come on, ladies like a steak too. All right, I like a good piece of red meat, right? And it's not that God just like, oh yeah, thank you, man, I really wanted steak, and I, and I was not into the vegetable medley. It was the problem was that that one brother brought his best and his first, and he presented that before the Lord, while the other brother brought an offering to God in the course of time. Eventually, I'll get around to it. And here's the problem that many of us deal with is that we're doing the same exact thing, that we get around to God. Uh, he's a part of our lives. 
He's not the highest priority. He's not first. He's just sort of a part of it all. And every so often, we show him a little attention. We show him a little love. Give him a little church visit. Do a little serve. Frequent a, a group every once in a while. He's just in the course of the time of our life rather than being first in our lives. And I just want to make the, the whole premise, the foundation of everything that I've been saying, the course of this entire series, is not my opinion. It's biblical fact, and it's this. If you're a note taker, write this down, that God must be first. It's not that he prefers it. It's that it's the only position he'll hold. And I want to clarify something to, to someone who might be questioning that it's not arrogance by God. It's not God saying like, oh, me and it's mine. It's, it's, this is not the attitude of God. Here's what God knows, that when he's first, it's in our best interest. This is exactly the heart of God. And the Bible tells us in Exodus chapter 20, I'm only going to read verse 3 uh, for the sake of time, but the Bible says, this is the words of the Lord, you shall have no other gods before me. First, highest priority. So here's what we're talking about. We're talking about four places that we can put God first in our lives. Four places. And then last week I talked about two practices to help, him, to help me get God first in two of those places. Today we're going to talk about two practices to help us get God first in two of the other places. Here are the four. Number one, we talked about last week, we talked about putting God first in our priorities. How many of you guys were here and you enjoyed it? Say woo. All right. Number two, we talked about God being first in our finances. How many of you guys got your toes stepped on? Say woo. Yeah. All right. Me too. Me too. Number three, and this is where we're going to start today, is that we want to put God first in our relationships and then number four, this is how we're going to finish today, is that we want to make sure that we put God first in our schedules. So we want God to be first in our priorities, first in our finances. We want him first in our relationships, and we want him first in our schedules. How many of you guys would agree this is a good idea? All right, good. I believe that this is the best idea that we could have. And so here's, here's we got the four places. Now again, if you're like, well, I, I want to figure out how to put God first in my priorities, and first in my finances, that was last Sunday. You can go find that. Today we're going to get into number three and number four. How can God be first in my relationships? How can God be first in my schedule? Let's start with practice number three. You guys ready? I believe that we can give God the first of our relationships with church attendance and rest. And I know what every skeptic is saying. All of the skeptics online, they're, they're about to put hate in the chat. Every skeptic in the back is saying, oh, of course the preacher's going to talk about coming to church. And he's preaching to the choir because guess what? I'm at church. I hear you. I got it. Listen, I understand. I understand. But I want to I lean into this just a little bit because I actually want to communicate to you something that I believe with all of my heart. I believe with all of me. That God, the only way he can advance his kingdom in the earth today is through his people. Amen. I think that's how he structured it. Now, I recognize that God can do anything. But God is a God of order. God has systems and structure. God has a, a way that he operates. And so the Bible describes the church. Now, I want to remind our church of something. That this morning you didn't come to church because you are the church. I want to remind us that the church, listen to me carefully, this is going to hurt some people, does not exist for us. We are the church and we exist for the world. God didn't call people to agree on a few ideas 
and meet about it all the time. Can I, can I have permission to preach today? God called people to advance his mission. And what God said is, I, I need some people that are bought in to the belief of Jesus Christ, the risen son, that he is the only way to access me. And what I need is those people to tell everybody about this mission. And then once those people put their faith in Jesus too, I need those same people to disciple and raise and grow those people up into strong stability and understanding of who I am, how to walk with me, how to talk with me, how to live in life with me. I want them to experience and walk in my power. I want my spirit spirit to dwell on the inside of them. I want my power to overflow from within them. I want the world to look at my church and say, that is beautiful. I want the world to see my people and say, they are attractive. I want the world to look in at the church and say, that is something that I think I need to be a part of because I want joy like that. I want peace like that. I want hope like that. I want faith like that. Like this is who we are. This is who we are. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push back this morning on the idea of attending a church and rather being a part of a body. Because being connected, this, this church attendance concept, understand I'm scoping this into being connected to the body of Christ. Because the Bible describes us as, as his actual body. And it even describes that the same way that, you know, we got fingers and hands and elbows and like, the church, the, all, all of us together, we all have these different functions, but when we work together, we move. Like, positive things happen. You've probably seen that. Because there are uh, some of us who, if we had to put you on a microphone today and said, lead us in song, you'd have been like, dear God, first of all, you'd have just fainted, like, ain't no way. If you're like me, you're like, if you want anyone to stay here, Give the microphone to somebody else, right? But then at the same time, that very same person might be one of the most powerful people behind the scenes who understand how to just organize and make things happen and they schedule teams and they make sure, hey, well, there's a problem and blah, blah, blah. And some people are really good with a plan and some people are really good in emergencies and some people are like, man, my passion's just, I want to serve the church by like, if anybody gets sick, I want to help them. And then other people are like, hey, I want to serve the church by being a voice, man. God's called me to be a leader and I want to stand, I want to motivate and inspire. And, and all these things make the church what the church is. This is how the body of Christ moves. Am I making sense? So in the same way we can see it functionally here is how it actually happens even in the spiritual out there. In the same way that our bodies function, the body of Christ functions. And the Bible says that Jesus is the head. And thank God for that. We don't need any of our crazy ideas trying to lead us into what to do. Thank God that he's like, no, I'll do the thinking. <laughs> I got this part. Here, here's, here's a problem is that too, too many of us, we don't, make, we don't make attending or connecting to the body a priority, we just make it an option. It's more of a, well, in the course of time. If I have time, when I can, if I'm not too tired. We make it a in the course of time approach. And here's the problem with that, is every time you're gone, you're missed. Because your strength, your ability, your giftedness, your talent, your inspiration, your hug, your conversation, it's needed. And every time you're not connected to the body, there is a deficiency. I'm preaching a little bit this morning. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 through 25, it says this, let us hold tightly without wavering 
to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promises. Verse 24, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect meeting together, as some people do. But encourage one another, especially now the day of his return is approaching. I don't know about you, but that sounds like church to me. It just sounds like church. What I love, though, is that the same challenges we face today are the same challenges that people have faced forever. And we've got biblical leaders saying, like, why are you neglecting getting together? What, like, why, why are you doing that? Because you need each other. Don't, don't give this habit up. Don't, don't make this optional. Don't neglect gathering together. Man, Jesus is coming back, and in order for God to do his move, then we're going to have to make sure that God is moving through his body. And if the whole body's not connected, it's deficient. It's limping. It's not good enough. It's not fast enough. It's not serving enough. And, and the Bible calls us that, hey, like, come on, man, get together. Get together and do this thing, to which I recognize like I'm preaching to the choir because you're here. Like I, like, I get it. I really get it. But some of us are here because it was convenient this time. And I would say make it a priority every time. You gave me permission to preach, right? I just, to those of you that are online, listen, I recognize, I, I get it. Some of you are ill, and that's why you're online today. Some of you live too far away, and you haven't found a great church home in your new city, and that's why you're connected. I have several friends that have moved, and that's why you're connected. I love you. Welcome. It's good to see you. There are some of you that you're connected online because you're traveling today, or on vacation, or a business trip, whatever the case may be, and that's great. Like, this is why we do this. We put this stuff out there for you. And then there are some of you that just don't show up because it's easier to be in the living room and, and we're missing you and quite frankly you're missing out because the authenticity of relationship building it suffers in the living room it grows here This is, this is why life groups, this is why we talk about them, promote them, coordinate them, because they're relational. They bring the body together. God does work in his body when we get together. This is what he wants for us. Our serve teams, they function like groups. We're meeting together on a regular basis for a common purpose. We grow friendships. We care about what's going on in each other's lives. Let me tell you something. There was a slew of team out today that only that I'm aware of, only in a couple of sectors that I'm directly connected to. People are sick and all kinds of things come up and there's issues going on. And we had all these people just jump in. I mean, we, we, we text, look, I'm a, I'm a brag. I don't like to call people's names out from the platform, but when it's positive, let's just praise them. But like we text Mark this morning at like 5.30, Hey, bro, you think you could play the acoustic guitar this morning? Homeboy was here about 7.15. I got your back. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Eileen. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you, uh, Derek. Thank you, Timothy. Thank you, those that you're spread out doing something different today because we operate like a body. Like, hey, somebody's down. I got your back. I'm probably spending too much time here, but I'm just trying to preach to us this morning that when we are not together, we are deficient. And I'm just saying, let's make every effort to constantly be connected to the body of Christ. Well, I'm going to go one more layer, and then we're going to move on for time. I've got to hustle, too. We'll move on for time, okay? I've got a friend right now who I do not, listen to me carefully, 
I do not invite him to church. I don't. I invite him to my life group. And I want to tell you the difference. If I was to invite him to church, I'm asking him for one hour on Sunday. If I invite him to my life group, I'm asking him for two hours every week for 13 weeks. Plus, I need him for four hours on a different Saturday. And you're like, well, that seems a little crazy, but that's what he needs. He needs connection there. And then I'm going to invite him to church. So the question I would be asking is, how can you get people authentically connected to the body? Let me ask you this question. How can you authentically connect to the body of Christ? Because when God is on the move, he does it in his body. Amen. Uh, Luke 4, 16. Come on. Uh, I'm going to talk fast, so listen quick. Here we go. Luke 4, 16. He, being Jesus, went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. It was a habit. It's just what he did. It wasn't an option for Jesus. It was just a part of his everyday life. He made it a pattern. If Jesus attends church, I'm just saying. Let's go one layer deeper because I also said and rest. And rest. Because our culture, our society is perpetuating busyness like crazy. And I heard the old country preacher say one time, oh, y'all, y'all know the old country preacher. He said one time, he said, if the devil can't make you bad, the devil will make you busy. Come on, right? You can say amen to that. Old country, that's a little south of here, just a little bit south. Amen, that's good, thank you. And our society and our culture is pressing us toward busyness. And how, how many, 10 out of the last 10 people, yes, how you doing? What'd they say? I'm, I'm so busy, I'm so busy, I got so much going on. And the Bible is calling us the times of rest and refreshment. Like this should be replenishing activity. This should be good. This should be something that restores. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, Jesus said, come, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Well, to come to me, come to my body where I am the head. Come, and I will give you rest. And the problem is that oftentimes, because of society, because even sometimes church culture, I'm going to preach to myself for a second, here we go, sometimes even church culture pushes busyness on us. But sadly, when we recognize that we have no margin, because we have no space for rest, margin, by the way, is the space between you and your limits. And, and many of us are running at our limit all the time. Financial limit, emotional limit, just, just like pace limit, zero margin. And when we start to run at our limits too long, we start to recognize that we are unhealthy, and we start to recognize we are in trouble. And here's the sad reality. I'm, again, like, I feel like this is a little bit heavy. I love us, and I'm just trying to make us more like Jesus. But that when, when we get to those places, oh, my gosh, i got so much going on. I'm stressed out. The problem is the first thing that we followers of Jesus tend to cut, we sever ourselves from the body. I'm too busy for church this week. I'm too busy to be in that group. I'm too busy for these things. And, and I'm just saying that, like, if, if we want to, Make God the first of our relationships. The most life-giving relationships are connected to the head. Amen. You guys all right? All right, here we go. Just a couple things I want to say. All right, I believe that church attendance keeps us connected to God's move. Listen, I believe this with my heart. In fact, I've given my entire life to it. 
If I believe it so convincingly, I lead a church. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's a lot of days that I'm like, God, is there something else? <laughs> and then there are days where I'm like, what else would I do? Man, I'm, I believe with all of my heart in the local mobilized church. I believe that God wants to do great things, and I just believe that being connected, church attendance, it keeps me connected to God's move. Rest keeps me healthy and ready for God's move. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm the worst in the world. I think I, of all God's children, I'm the worst one about it, that I keep myself busy, busy, busy. Sometimes I'm afraid not to be busy. I feel lazy if I'm busy. Sometimes I'm afraid to sit with myself because I might be afraid of what I find, what I see. I'm just telling you that I'm, like, I'm, I'm with you here. And there are times where I'm like, hey, Josh, you're, you're just, there's, there's not enough margin. You need more rest, man. And this leads me right into my, to my fourth point. And again, I got to move quick. Num number four, number four. I want to encourage us to give God the first of our schedules with consistent quiet time, or some of you might call it devotional time, but consistently meeting with God, which directly connects, by the way, to rest. You can't, you can't unplug one from the other. Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and he went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Jesus put God first in his, in his schedule. He had time with God. And I want to emphasize, and, and maybe I'm dating myself, and some of you guys are like, what, what in the world? I don't understand this term, quiet time. But anybody from my generation and older is like, I know what that means. Can I, can I, can I emphasize quiet time with God? Like, get rid of the distraction. Not while I'm driving to work, but just before I drive. Not in the midst of other things, but maybe, maybe right before. I have a hero in the faith, he calls it the first 15. He says, just give God the first 15 minutes of your day. Five minutes in scripture, five minutes in prayer, five minutes in worship. There's a version Bible app, it's been downloaded by hundreds of millions of people. If you don't know what that is, ask somebody. Get that. And they, every day, every day, there's a scripture, there's a focused prayer. Every day, you, it, it, can just, it can just give you a little time with the Lord. Psalm chapter 5, verse 3, the Bible says, In the morning, Lord, hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you and wait expectantly. I want to I promote something here in this. That quiet time with God. And here's, here's, let me go a step further, like, like time set aside for the Father. I heard a preacher say this one time, and it, it just convicted me. He said, make an appointment with God and keep it. And I was like, oh, bro, I like that first part. Shoot. That second part hurt. Because I'm, listen, can I just be honest and vulnerable in front of my friends and church family? I, I am the, I'm probably... I'm the worst. Man I, man, I just don't know how to slow down, don't know how to stop. I like the throttle on the floor all the time. I struggle to rest. I have a hard time taking naps. I have a hard time unplugging. 
have a hard time being still. I just, I want to produce all the time. And I feel like there are times where God is saying to me like, man, stop. Would you be still? Would you just calm down? Just wait on me. Just lean your ear into my prayer or your prayer into my ear. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> but a couple of thoughts about quiet times. I believe that quiet time sets the tone of my day. It just sets the tone. God, you're first. And I want you to know, by the way, that like I'm not, I'm not a legalist at all. Like at all, if you know me. I remember when I was in middle school, and I remember that I did not, now, now let, let me give you context. When I was in middle school, I was lit like a torch for Jesus, man. I was on fire for God in a crazy way. And I didn't do my quiet time in the morning, because I was in middle school, y'all. I wanted to wake up with just enough time to brush my teeth, get in my clothes, and get in the car on time. I did not want to be waking up, not even 60 seconds earlier than that, because that was my, but I could stay up half the night. I was just a night owl. Man, I would get into my Bible. She's playing, and it's beautiful. I hear it from here, but y'all can't hear it. I don't know. I work on that, but I would get in, I would get time before the Lord at night. He wasn't the first part of the day, but he was the first part of my heart. So I'm not trying to be a legalist, but maybe it's the first 15. Maybe it's just a few minutes. Quiet time sets the tone of my day. There it is. Quiet time invites God into my situations. Like, God, please come in and help me with this. Guide me. Speak to me on this. What do you want me to do? How, how should I respond? If some of us prayed before we sent that email, we'd change some of the words. If some of us just had some quiet time and prayed before we made that phone call, we'd have a different tone. If, if some of us just before we had that conversation with that kid and we, we just, God, we just, we just invite you in, we'd go into it maybe a little more compassionately, whatever it might be. But the church needs to learn to rest in God, be connected to the body. Because God moves in his body. It only makes sense. How else could he? All right, I'm going to summarize this whole thing. So I'm going to summarize last week and this week. You ready? If you're a note taker, you'll want to write some things. Uh, you can also pull your phone out and take a picture of the screen. That's how I take notes. <laughs> Work smarter, not harder. And uh, so let's summarize. Two Sundays worth of content. I believe that if we put... If we make God the first in our priorities by fasting and prayer, what we've done is we've put him as the first of our year. That make sense? What's well, the first thing? It's the first portion of my year. I believe if we make God first in our finances by tithing and giving, then he's become the first of our month. Because now all of a sudden, it's part of my budget. Like now, my giving is part of the, my budget, to which some of you guys are like, budget? To which I'm like, let that preach. Let that preach. If I, if I want to put God first in my relationships by church attendance, 
and rhythmic rest, I believe he comes, becomes the first part of my week. And if I put him first in my schedule through quiet time, then all of a sudden, he's the first of my day. And what I've done is I've put first things first. God, come into my situation. Be the first of my year. Be the first of my month. Be the first of my week. God, would you be the first of my day? I believe that if we could put God first, that we'd experience God like never before. Not just in the course of time, first. That makes sense, everybody? I'm going to ask everybody to bow their heads, close their eyes. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. But I've made a commitment before the Lord and our church, and here's my commitment, that I'll We'll never host, we will never host a service. We will never talk about the Bible and not give people an opportunity to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And that's what this moment's about right now. Because I believe that there are perhaps people in this room tuning in online. Maybe you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. You've never given your life to him, put your faith in him. I want to give you the opportunity to do that because here, here's the thing we've been talking for weeks now about first God, I want to put you first I need to find ways and practices to move you to the first part of my life my priorities my finances my relationships my schedules God I want you to be first and there's some of you who are like well I don't I don't understand why that matters so much first John chapter 4 verse 19 the Bible says we love him because he first loved us. I just want to communicate for a moment again, every head bowed, every eye closed, just to those of you that do not know Jesus. Maybe you're just far from him this morning. Maybe you've had an encounter with him. You've put your faith in him, but you've just drifted. That's okay. And that happens to all of us. But to those of you that are far from God this morning, I just want to give you the invitation. Would you repeat a very simple prayer after me and use this as an act of faith to once again put God first? Maybe some of you are putting God first for the very first time. Congratulations. I'm so proud of you. So what I'm about to do is I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And I'm just going to ask you to repeat this prayer out loud after me. But if you're saying this for the first time, listen, our whole church is going to say it out loud with you. And here's why because this moment matters. And we wanna make sure that you have the ability to say this prayer with confidence before the Lord. We are doing this to support you. Here's our prayer. I want you to say, dear Jesus, I give you my life, all of it. Come into my heart, forgive me my sin, wash me, cleanse me, make me new. All that I am is yours in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Hey, would you stand to your feet? Give God some praise.